Design New Podcast, Episode 29. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck, and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Susan Heaton-Wright. Susan was a prize-winning opera singer performing as a soloist throughout the UK and internationally before becoming the creative director of award-winning company Viva Live Music. She now also shares her executive voice coaching with ambitious individuals who wish to make an impact with their speaking and communication skills to ensure that they are noticed and promoted to leadership roles. She is a speaker internationally and broadcasts the popular Superstar Communicator podcast on iTunes. Her blog has been a finalist in the UK Blog Awards, and she was named a top 100 female blogger to follow. Join me as I chat with Susan about finding our voice. Hi, Susan. Thanks so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me to come on. Oh, I'm so pleased to have you. I can't wait to hear about an opera singer's life and then how you've (laughs) taken that to help people now. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Well, I've actually got two businesses. I, um, my little business, which used to be my big business, is that I organise live music for events. So only this week, this last week, I have finished off all of the contracts and the organisation, um, the initial organisation yeah. for Christmas 2018. Does oh. that sound scary? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but my main business now, and what I'm putting most of my energy in, is to help people be the best versions of themselves with the way that they communicate mm. verbally and non-verbally so their body language their presence but the language that they use and the tone of their voice and how important is that because first impressions make such a difference don't they and then what the moment people open their mouths there's a whole other layer added to on top of that I know and there are so many preconceived ideas we've all got this prejudice against mm. certain accents or certain tone of voice and a lot of it's really really unfair (laughs) Um, and and I'm sure that people listening to this podcast will think oh you know oh I don't like her voice (laughs) she sounds like an idiot (laughs) well it was funny I was interviewing someone once from Texas and he said that his perception is people from Australia sound really intelligent. I'm like, cool. I am yeah. interviewing people from Texas from now on. That's the only people on my show. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, we're not, we're the same as everyone. There's people who are intelligent. There's people who probably aren't. And it's just interesting that there's that perception that at least he had just based on an accent. I, I agree with you. And whilst 
I believe that we should all be authentic. Mm. If there are things that make it difficult for other people to understand what you're saying, mm. and it's hard work for them to engage with you, I think you need to look at yourself a little bit and think, maybe I speak too fast. Maybe I've got a very strong accent and people can't understand what I'm saying. So I need to modify it slightly. Mm. But an accent's a hard one. I mean, I've known people who've been here for 80 years from Scotland and I still can't understand a word that they're saying. And it's, you know, some of those accents are really strong. How can we move past that without coaching? How could we do that on our own? I think, you know, three things that I would say straight away. One of them is to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a very, very strong accent. Um, one of them is to really think of your diction. Um, so, you know, every accent has got a little bit of what we say that are a bit sloppy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so really thinking about that. And thirdly, thinking about the vocabulary that you use, because it might be local um, sure. local words that you use that are losing everybody else mm. when you speak. Yeah. And what difference when you coach people through something like this, what difference do you see for them? Because communication is such a big part of our lives. It really isolates us if we move to a community and we can't speak the language. So what's the differences that you see in your clients? Well, that's an interesting question because um, a lot of the clients that I do work with on their accents speak English as a second language, at least. It can be mm-hmm. third language in some cases. And when I give them some tools, they suddenly feel more confident. Mm. Isn't that amazing? And they feel really good about themselves. And what, the first thing I always say to them is, do you know what? I'm in awe of you, that you are doing business in a in a non-mother tongue Mm. and you're out there and you're doing really really well if I was speaking Chinese or if I was speaking Italian as well as you do English I'd be bowled over yeah yeah absolutely amazing isn't it the and it's amazing what you can do when you really put your mind to it so you know too many of us use fear that holds us back oh my gosh I can't speak the language so I'm not even going to visit that country there's all these things that we have as preconceived ideas which often are stopping us from moving forward but then you see people who take the courage to go somewhere and do business and make it work they're like you know what I'm just going to do it Absolutely. I'm thinking of two of my clients who are both from China mm-hmm. and neither of them spoke English when they came to this country. Wow. And they have learned, they listen to the radio, they force themselves to go out to, I say into the streets, that sounds wrong, <laughs> but, go, <laughs> but to go, <laughs> but you know what I mean without getting, having a little giggle about this, but um going to the shops and and forcing themselves to talk in English Mm. and I mean one of the ladies she said that she would connect with a thousand people in England in the first year that were non-Chinese and she has this massive network now I mean you know and she was a she's a natural introvert and she pushed and pushed and pushed and I, I, I've only got admiration for people like that. Yeah. Absolutely. She, just. Oh. 
She's just incredible. Yeah. And to, to actually, I wouldn't even think, I don't, wouldn't even think that I even knew a thousand people to actually go and make a point of it and knowing that she's got a goal and she's just going to work towards it. And as an introvert, like she's overstepped so many personal barriers. What an amazing woman. Absolutely. And in her non-mother tongue. Mm, absolutely. So what are you doing to design your best life at the moment? Do you know, I'm doing lots of things at the moment. Um, I'm sort of preparing for the fact that my son will be leaving home in, he'll be going to university in, in September. Right. And, you know, as a mother, you have to prepare for that. True. And whilst this next few months, obviously I'm there for him and my husband, we're both here for him first and foremost. We do have to think for the future what we're going to do because mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a massive life change for us yeah. as well as it is for Nick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so there are a few things that I'm doing. One of the things that I did, um, <laughs> you're looking so excited yeah. um, in September was that uh, we managed to join this very posh exclusive club <laughs> in Mayfair in London mm-hmm. and they do all of these amazing things. So, you know, there are dinners, there are jazz evenings, so the cinema club. Um, you know, all, I, last week I went to this arts lunch and there was um, somebody who'd set up a literary festival talking and then we had this delicious lunch. Mm. And that's something that, I'm, that we're really looking forward to do, doing more mm. as a couple and, and getting to know some new people. And also another thing is that I've got a little WhatsApp group <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with other mums mm-hmm. who in, are in the same position because a few of them have got, you know, that will be it. That will be the last child that will have gone. And um, to say, right, once a month we're going to go out. Cinema, mm-hmm. if there's a, an arts art gallery thing or you, you know a festival or some kind just put it in the whatsapp group and see who agrees to come along just to keep things going mm. and it's a real opportunity for you to reinvigorate your life and what I find with a lot of my clients a lot of the people women that I work with are talking about exactly where you're at where they're like oh my gosh I've been looking after my kids and that's been cool. I've been fine doing that. But now I'm realizing I actually don't know myself anymore. And this is an opportunity for me really to go, this is what I want for the rest of my life and really rediscover yourself and rediscover your relationship with your partner. Absolutely. And also this is a perfect time, you know, professionally, um, you know, with my career, I'm really stepping up with the of the voice training and everything. Mm -hmm. And I made a decision at the end of the year to make the music one much smaller. Mm -hmm. And I think part of me had been doing that and, you know, I enjoyed it, but I'm going to sound funny now. I was doing a lot of the admin and actually what people buy into is my knowledge and enthusiasm Mm. and experience in music. And I was sort of in the background and, you know, it's okay, but that's not what I was there f- here for. Yeah, and the the the, um, the, ex- the executive coaching, the, the the speaking coaching, very much is people. You know, they work with me, and 
that's what they're buying into. Mm. And I can see that that's really developing and the, and the best version of me is coming out now. Yeah. And that's interesting because I'm about to run a workshop. It starts in May, which is actually called the best version of you. So I oh it's hilarious that you've said that. <laughs> and it's all about finding who you are on the inside again, yes. because we do lose that and men do it too, but women particularly are very conscious that they've done that. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I know that it's going to be a challenge at first, but actually, again, it's an opportunity. Mm. And how different is it when you approach life and go, you know what, this is an opportunity. It's it got a whole different feel to it when you're curious about where it is that you're going and excited about it rather than, oh, I've got to go and do this. But coming back to what the work that you're doing, I really like that you've tapped into that people are buying your enthusiasm and who you are as a person because I think too often we we do get caught up doing the admin when yeah there's other people who are awesome at admin and they love doing it absolutely yes I I'm cry out for a workplace that actually really does see what the best of everybody is and bring that together and it would really zing because people always do the stuff that they love doing they do that first they do and you know I Gosh, I don't, I don't know if I'm so, sort of assassin for for jobs, but <laughs> quite, quite often some of my clients move on, and I'm not a mm. business coach. I'm not a career coach. I'm dealing with communication. Yeah. But you know, people decide halfway through. Actually, I'd like to be interviewed for this job, mm. and you think, oh yeah. Here we go. Yeah. You you talked about people becoming more confident once they've got better at communicating. And so that to me is an easy step to see why they suddenly, it's, I'm sure it's been in their mind for a while. I'm really not happy here. And once they've got that confidence is when they'll take the steps. So it makes sense. And it shows that you are giving the support that they need to feel that they can do that, which is awesome. Oh, thank you. And, you know, they go off and do new jobs that are perhaps, you know, a real distance from where they were mm. originally and then they're happy and they're thriving. Yeah. And they are, they're in the right environment for them to communicate, mm. if that makes sense. They, Absolutely. They're the best versions of themselves and communication is so much part of that. Mm. Well, it's about knowing who we are because... You know, even if we're a brilliant communicator and can say, you know, toe the company line and say all that perfectly, number one, people can read that you're just saying it. Even if you're a very good actor, it still comes out in your actions in some way or another. People do have a bullshit meter so they can see when you're not being completely congruent with what you're saying. So I think the moment people do step up into their their own selves and are working with a company that they have the same values are, of course they're going to thrive because what they're yes. saying is coming through and everybody's um, drawn to them. Yes, you're right. Mm. So let's go back more to your what else are you doing because I love this transition stage for people when their kids leave home because, you know, it's and especially if you've got older kids, it's a huge time that 
that people have spent, you know, feeling like they've had to be there 24-7 for their kids. And I know that feeling doesn't go away because I remember when I went home once after being away for about 30 years and I stayed out, I don't know, till one o'clock in the morning or whatever, you know, I'm almost 50, (laughs) like it's cool. But I got home and my mum said, oh, don't tell... Oh, I shouldn't say this because you might listen. Don't tell your stepfather, but he spent the whole night up until you got home. And she goes, oh, no. I know you left home at 17. I know you're perfectly fine. You've lived away for 30 years. But that's what we do as parents. We actually, when you're in our house, we go back to that role. So I know that feeling never disappears of taking care. <laughs> But there is a time now for people to step up and really um, work out what's right for them. So what are you finding are the things that are being discussed in this WhatsApp group? What's the discoveries people are making about themselves and who they are? Well, in fact, we're not discussing that very much. I think I don't think we've reached that stage. Um, Because, you know, there's still a few months to go with A-levels and the, mm-hmm. the universities they're choosing and all of that and then the results. So it, the, there's an action-packed few months. Sure. But, but we have discussed, you know, when they leave and I'm organising a dinner for the parents because the, the boys are all having a dinner with the teachers. So I said, why don't we organise one for the parents so that we can say goodbye as well? Yeah, nice. I like it. And it would be interesting to see how people go off and, and what what it looks like for them. And even just that reinvigoration of your relationships because it's a yes. whole different um, perspective, I suppose, isn't it? And then I assume too as people, I see it, as people step up more into who they are, it's, you know, it's an opportunity for their relationship to evolve in different ways as well. Oh, I agree. And um you know, there's more time for you. I know that in Britain we have the NCT, the National Child Bear Trust. Ch- child Bear, not Child <laughs> Child. <laughs> it's too late. The NCT, anyway. Whatever. We we met when when we were having babies. So six oh, families. We we've, yes. we've kept in touch for eighteen years. Wow. And um, I often go for walks with the other mums and you know they often say we're getting our lives back now yes because because they're old you know they're in their teens the kids yeah and that so in a way if you can you can start practicing that going out on your own going out with your partners and things like that starting to have some more of those um more adult type evenings out Mm. to the cinema things that you like doing Mm. Well, it's perfect time for me to ask the question I ask all my guests. What do you see your life in 50 years like being like? Well, probably in 50 years' time, I, I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but just before you die, when you look back, what, what would you think would you be pleased to have signed? You know what, this is what a great life. Do you know, and I, I'm not sure if I, I think I did mention this in my application to you, I'm a very, very lucky person. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very lucky to be alive. Tell and because I've been in, involved in two car crashes where there have been fatalities. Wow. One when I was 18, same age as Nick. Mm-hmm. And then one when I was 22, when I was, it was a miracle I was found 
in the middle of the bush in Kenya uh, in the middle of the night. It was, you know, complete um, miracle. And I had very serious injuries. I can walk. I've had a child. Things that they didn't think I'd do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. They didn't think I'd live the night. I'm so lucky. So when I look back mm. on that, when I'm just about to go to my cloud, <laughs> I will look back on that time and say, "Aren't I lucky that wow. I was able to live mm. and experience all of these things?" Mm. Even though, you know, I went through some really really difficult times you have to look at at the stars and Mm. look at the light to keep you going Mm. yeah I would have loved to have changed those things not had to go through them but I did can't change it Mm -hmm. but lucky you Susan yeah okay so uh, obviously it's given you a real appreciation of life and at a very young age like most people in at 18 and 22 most of us thankfully haven't really come across something so so impactful so how do you feel that that has apart from obviously with health and things like that but in your attitude to life you must have been quite different from other 22 year olds after having those two experiences too you must have felt a little bit different about that and how's how's that influenced how you've moved forward do you think apart from feeling that you're lucky that's a really interesting question because obviously at 22 I was quite disconnected from my friends in some ways and I've spoken to one of my dear friends who I was at school and university with so we're, we're you know very close relationship and she said I just didn't know what to do and and at the time I felt that I was being left alone um Mm -hmm. being you know isolated and everything Mm. but looking back it helps me understand other people Mm. um a lot more um that that you know we all have weaknesses we all have strengths and I'm sure I've I've let people down in the past when perhaps they needed my help. I'm sure we all have at some level without even knowing it. Yeah, for sure. And, and whilst when I was younger, I think I was a little bit more judgmental about that. Now being a bit older, I'm, um, I realize that it doesn't help to be judgmental, Mm. um, that, that, that we have to understand that everybody does things in different ways. Mm. That is one of the beauties of age, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> the wrinkles are worth it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because my father stopped talking to me when I was 14 and I remember a similar feeling because all my friends' parents were all together and and I was going through this year where dad wasn't talking to me and none of my I couldn't talk to my friends about it because they didn't get it and I completely got that they didn't get it because thank god that they didn't they weren't in that similar situation but it it does it does help you to understand your own resources and you know unfortunately we both had to do it at a very young age which maybe is a little bit unfair but it, it is what it is but you can't change it <laughs> absolutely and you know it's it is a great lesson to know that there's times when you actually do you can't always talk to people about stuff because they they can't understand it and understandably so maybe one thing that I'm I I'm hold my hand up I have a slight intolerance to the sort of poor me celebrity mm-hmm. victimhood. Yes, that 
I'm sounding awful. You go. Not at all. No, I'm there. Yeah, too. And and you know, sometimes there are people that that make a living from this now, mm-hmm. and. I'm very quiet about what I do. I mean, obviously, I've told you, and and it's a tiny segment of what yeah. I went through. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and I often sit there and think, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the thing. People, you know, you, you have been perhaps – it's probably not the right, quite the right word. The best word I can come up at the moment is stoic about it in in the past. And I think that's something that – often many people don't understand that everybody has their own different things that they've gone through. And just because it might look small to someone else, you don't know how it's impacted that person. And then big things, we don't know how that impacts us. Two people can have exactly the same situation and we're going to deal with it and feel differently about it. And so it comes back to that thing that you were talking about right at the beginning about not being judgmental as best as we can because we don't really know, do we, what what's going on underneath and what people have been through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, because I'm involved in um, public speaking organisation, there are a few people that it, it's almost a competition that who's... <laughs> Yeah. And I know that there are other people in the room that really, really have. Mm. And it's interesting because I, I, I went through some speaking training a few years ago and a big part of where they wanted to push my story was with some things which I thought were hurtful to other people. So I actually put yes. my foot down and said, no, I'm not going to do it. Absolutely. I can understand yeah. why they were doing it because, you know, you're going to get the most emotion out of the audience, et cetera, et cetera. But from my point of view, it it's not, it didn't sit well with me and I wasn't going to do that. And I felt like some of the stories they wanted me to tell could hurt other people. Yes. And so it was like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. And so it, to me it comes down to there's ways to get an audience in the palm of your hand. And to me that's about being authentic rather than putting on an I act. I agree. And come up with something which is going to be the biggest tearjerker or whatever, like, to me, that's manipulation. How about just being honest? <laughs> no, and maybe it's I, I <laughs> That's all. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. I couldn't agree more. And I so, hate being manipulated. Yeah, and people, people see it. We know, we know, even when we're there crying, we know we're being manipulated most yeah. of the time. So, you know, we've we got to give our audience some credit too. What are some of the stories when you're speaking um, with your people that you're coaching? What are some of the stories which are really inspiring? Are they about people overcoming odds or what sort of stuff's coming? I know you're looking at it from a technical point of view, but you're still hearing their stories when you're going through it. What, what sort of things do you find most inspiring about these people? When people really felt that they couldn't speak in public. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I would say to them is, do you know what? We're public speaking because we're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. You're not speaking internally. It's a case of scaling it up. Mm -hmm. And there's one client that I have who, you know, is a CFO of a major insurance company. Mm -hmm. And for quiet, gentle, real gentleman. And, you know, it was a big step. Not his natural personality to be up on stage, you know, jazz handing or whatever. And that's not going to be 
the way that he does it. But after two sessions, he had to deliver two big speeches to shareholders, stakeholders and things. I had a phone call from the HR director. We can't believe it. <laughs> Different person. People were crying at the back. They could. They always dread him talking normally. <laughs> and and then he subsequently had another session with him because he's busy, so we have to fit it round. And he delivered one of those powwow sort of scrummy things that they call them, you know, <laughs> to the entire the entire company. Again, phone call within minutes. Don't know what you've done even better. <laughs> He said to me, oh, you know, you've done so much. And I said, no, I've opened the doors for you, the possibility that you can do this mm. and do it in your way so that it's a, a bigger version of you mm-hmm. and that people can really engage with you. And I'm so pleased for him because it means that he's stepping up and doing something outside his comfort zone, outside his normal personality Mm. You, you know, when, when you have these Mia Briggs and all of these others and it says, oh, you can only do those things. Well, that, that is one example of mm. somebody stepping outside their preferences yep. and being a, a bigger person. Yeah. And it's interesting he's getting such a great response because they've, those people in the company have obviously seen him before (laughs) as as you said they were dreading his speeches so the fact that they can see the turnaround like that's just going to keep on giving him more and more confidence oh absolutely I'm so pleased for him because ultimately it's about the client isn't it it's not Mm. about my ego or oh I've done this and actually it's him going out there and and socking it to them yeah in the nicest possible way. (laughs) How can people get in touch with you? I have a website which is executivevoice.co.uk, which is co.uk, executivevoice.co.uk. And you can contact me by the contact form. Always happy to have a chat. I do some work virtually rather like this Um, obviously if you're not based in the United Kingdom and I'd be delighted to have a chat wonderful and what sort of you're going to leave a word of wisdom with our with our design new community what would it be it is that communication isn't about being heard it's about having a conversation you know what I love about that it taps into what you're just saying about that CFO I think we put so much pressure on ourselves when we feel like we need to stand up in front of a group of people. The moment we take that pressure off of ourselves is when we can actually start to deliver and it's when we're starting to look at the audience rather than how we feel. So what a great reframe. Absolutely. It's all about the audience. Mm. And I had, I remember years and years and years ago when I was doing a Toastmasters course and the first thing they said, and it was the best thing they could have ever said, is remember when you're sitting in the audience and somebody's up on stage and they're actually floundering, you're not there booing them. You're inside, you're internally going, oh my God, you poor bugger. I really feel sorry for you. So that really helped me to understand that when I'm on stage, even if I do stuff up, people aren't down there out to get me. They are actually on my side. And again, I think it's really important for us to remember 
most of the, unless maybe we're a really bad comic and there seems to be some audiences that feel that they can <laughs> do that throwing stuff. But apart from that, most of the time people are going to be be looking after you. And it's the same in life. If you really look at it, we're, we're not nasty people. We Most of the times people are going to be out to help us rather than throw stuff at us. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Mm. So thank you for communicating with us. I've loved it. I love that oh, I'm so- all your past experience into what you're doing now and that you're helping people to be the best version of themselves. Thank you very much for having me. And thanks for staying up late on (laughs) this time zone difference. I'm so sorry. I wish I could make it better. But thanks, Susan. It's been awesome. Thank you very much. A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.